Hello and welcome to Ascend Higher, the podcast of True Freedom Trust. We are a UK-based charity that holds to the historic Christian understanding of what the Bible teaches about sex and relationships. We provide teaching, pastoral support and conferences, as well as local support groups. Each quarter we produce a magazine called Ascend with a range of articles, reviews and personal stories all dealing with the issues about what it's like to be a Christian attracted to others of the same sex. You can sign up to receive your free copy by visiting our website truefreedomtrust.co.uk. In the spring edition of Ascend, one of our members, Tim, has written an article entitled Dealing with Disappointment. Tim's a GP living in Yorkshire. He's invested a lot of energy and hope in the intentional community of which he's part. In this podcast, he shares openly with us how he's learned to handle the disappointment when community members move away or when friendships change. Let's listen in. Great. Well, nice to have you with us, uh, Tim. And thank you for writing your article for Ascend magazine, Dealing with Disappointment. And today we'd just like to explore that a little bit more. You've gone through nine points in your article, looking at how to... um, respond well to disappointment, particularly in relationships. And um, I just thought we could start, I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit here, but one of your points is about forming traditions. And we're recording this uh, podcast quite soon after Christmas. And I just wondered if you could give maybe an example of one of the traditions that you formed with a friend or, or several friends that you you know, that kind of helps you to stay connected to them? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, do, I do love traditions, kind of small ones and um, kind of maybe some more formal ones. Um, so obviously celebrating things like Christmas um, um, is, is what we all do. But um, uh, so I, I've inherited um, Thanksgiving. I'm not American. Um, so yeah, so some friends um, meet together and we eat um, and we, we spend time um, saying what we're thankful for, and we have a, a paper Thanksgiving turkey um, uh, that we write on the feathers, um, things that we're thankful for in the previous year. Um, um, there is another tradition that we've kind of made up, um, one called Lemingle. Um, so Lemingle is um, a Easter version of Christingle, um, where we use a lemon rather than an orange. Um, and we do it at the beginning of Lent, where we meet together, we eat, um, and then that we use various different kind of items like Haribo sweets and uh, Cadbury's eggs um, to symbolise different things that we want to reflect on about Lent, reflect on about um, our lives, reflect on um, Jesus, um, and then we kind of, like a Christingle, we stick it into the lemon, and we put kind of a, a coloured ribbon around it, um, and it, it's it's kind of a little fun tradition but also has some kind of depth and reflection behind it as well wow i'm just trying to picture it in my mind the the lemon with all these things stuck in and the ribbon round it's it sounds like a nice tradition how long have you been doing that one uh i think that's been going uh, probably five or six years um so yeah so we usually so it's um part of the community i'm in so we do it as part of uh part of that so um there's usually um, seven or eight of us with a kind of a few additions so whoever else would kind of invite along to it to be part of the tradition 
Great. And just going back to your Thanksgiving, um, the, the, the paper turkey, I was just a bit worried that that was all you had, or was there a real turkey as well? Um, not a real turkey, but um, there is other food, yes. Yeah. So there's other food, uh, yeah, great. There's, okay. there's always a good spread. Um, of it's not, food, just, yeah. not just paper food. No, not just paper. Great, yeah. No, they sound like nice traditions. It makes me think of a tradition that's developed sort of organically with some friends of mine from my old church where we shortly before Christmas get together and um, last year we did it online and we have this sort of secret Santa game but it's quite brutal and you can swap presents and take a present that someone else wanted and I always half resolve afterwards I never want to do it again because I end up with something that I never wanted but um I suppose the power of tradition is that it's it's something that brings people together and um, and has meaning for you as a group. So we carry on doing it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it's something that I guess is stability as well. It's like oh yeah, we, we, this is what we do. You know, um, we can't celebrate other traditions um, uh, that, that maybe say married people celebrate like anniversaries and things, but actually this is something that we can kind of gather around um and enjoy as an in, in kind of it being a little bit of semi-formal and kind of thoughtful and reflective but also kind of a little bit of tongue-in-cheek fun as well um, mm-hmm. and sort of bringing it into the theme of what we're talking about disappointment it sounds like it's not necessarily the same people every year there might be a a good crowd of you that kind of come each year but you can it's, it's there's an openness to it as well and you can kind of bring other people in and as maybe some people move on then others can be invited in as well yeah and I, th- I think there is a beauty about sharing a tradition with with new people um actually my church did a, a version of it this year because they'd heard about it for for a number of years and my vicar asked me about it and they kind of made it made it a little bit more formal into kind of more kind of kind of some more liturgy type things um but they uh, they used it at church to, to reflect um on lent as well so it was interesting to to see that the vicar do an adaptation of it um but i quite enjoyed the fact that it kind of spread a little bit from our little kind of pocket of community yeah that sounds great and so you're kind of really setting the trend in your community yes. in your sort of wider yeah, yeah. church community yeah yeah so if anyone wants the uh the mingle <laughs> tradition i'm happy to talk to you about it and send it to you Lovely. I'd be interested in that. So um, you've mentioned a little bit about sort of being part of a community. And I know you talked at the TFT National Conference back in 2019 about being part of an intentional community. So for anyone who wasn't there, could you just share a little bit about what that looks like for you? Um, Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm in my early 30s now, um, but when I left uni uh, in my mid-20s, I think I'd be banging on about wanting to do kind of community differently to how I'd seen it and wanting to, I guess, shape something and be part of something that um, that I could see that had a bit of longevity and a bit of purpose. Um, so when there was kind of a bit of chatter um, with some people at church and other churches about kind of moving to a particular area and where I lived, I'd never heard about it, um, uh, I kind of was interested and then um, a little bit of a, um, a ragtag bunch of people um, decided to move into this particular area. Um, I didn't know some of them well at all, but I guess it was a little bit of a step of 
faith of like, actually, this is what I've been talking about wanting to do. Let's just give it a go. Um, so there's uh, so the five houses on an estate. Um, uh, and over the years, there's been varying numbers of people living in, in those five houses. Um, but we, um, I guess people have kind of tried to say, oh, is it kind of like the Eden project and, 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 and kind of those sorts of things of moving onto an estate? I guess there are, there are similarities. I wouldn't say it's as kind of formal and in, intentional as that, um, but, but I guess it's a commitment of some people to live in an area, invest in it, invest in each other. Um, and so we've kind of uh, moved here, lived here, as in we all have our own jobs uh, out, of, out, of, out of the area. Um, but we, we've tried to create a rhythm of community that, that works for us and is also blessing the community. Um, so, we, uh, so I guess our, our rhythm is we, we meet weekly, well, pre-COVID, um, we, we meet weekly, we eat together. Um, and our focus really is the area um, that we live in. So we pray for it, we do prayer walks. Um, have a prayer map um, uh, and then um, and we do try and get involved in kind of local community events and, and, and that sort of things and I think each of us have our kind of different niche of what we're involved in um, uh, as in it yeah and I guess it's become a little it's definitely become bigger than the, just the Wednesday when we meet um, because um, we're friends and we're part of each other's lives and um, again pre-COVID we would pop into um, each other's houses we've got keys for each other's houses um, and there'll be an element of kind of um, our friendship extended to the fact that we were part of each other's lives um, and it was more than just a, a Wednesday evening group yeah okay and um, how about over the last year with lockdowns and stuff have, have you been able to kind of continue that sense of community or has it been rather on hold <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely been been up and down as in I'm sure everyone's experience of, of COVID has been up and down um, it has been a challenge um, and I guess personally and for other members of the community especially because a few a few of them have had to shield um, so that's made it even more difficult to kind of um, uh, kind of to, to, to do what we do and, and COVID has completely um, taken away our, our model of meeting together and eating and, and I guess that's where we've and for me personally that's where you feel connected and, and, and bonded and um, so so we have met we, we meet over zoom um, kind of every week um, which is good but not not the best um, and we're still involved in lots of community activities um, and especially because there's a lot of food poverty in the area so we've been involved in um, uh, making meals and contributing food for for meals and also providing activity packs um, for school kids when in lockdown one um, uh, when kids were off school we kind of put together activity packs and delivered them round um, uh, which which looking back was it is brilliant and it's brilliant that we can do that and we're we're kind of known in the community for getting involved in things i guess the sadness for me um, at the time was um as in we were all we we're all capable of doing these things and i think we're we're good doing people um but i definitely missed the kind of the being with each other um, and I think we kind of, we provided a good service. We, um, uh, yeah, we, we did good things, but there was definitely something missing in the sense of the kind of community and the, the sense of belonging um, that I found difficult. Um, so I found myself quite busy with 
with work um, and then also doing all these things but felt definitely kind of a void um, of kind of um, yeah of, of, of community even though I was I was still here mm. I, I definitely felt that lack yeah of course that sounds that sounds great it sounds sort of somewhat idyllic maybe something of what a church should be is it is it a kind of a mixture of Christians and non-Christians is it connected with the local church yeah so um so we are over the years we've 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 kind of slowly been able to connect with the local church and um kind of members from it um uh again it's people have flowed in and out of I guess our community group but uh, it's come a little bit more more wider than that so when it when it comes to doing activities um like the making activity packs and uh making the food um we do kind of it, it's not just us as in we kind of link with people from the church and things and there's definitely a wider net of of people that would call themselves christians would be a little bit on the fringe um mm. um and would say they're not christians at all and so i guess that has been a really valuable thing in lockdown to connect more with 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 other people as well mm. yeah that sounds really good but your article is about disappointment so it sounds like it's not all good it's not all um everything you'd hope it would be and perhaps something about people who you thought were there for the long haul maybe moving on and that sort of thing yeah i think it's one of those things that as a community we do like to reflect on, on the past um, and kind of see kind of how far um, what's happened and how far we've come. And, and I think if you write it on paper or even if you did it, you know, if you put it into a little kind of like short video of saying what we've done, I think it could like look like this idyllic, amazing community. But I think, um, I guess, yeah, the reality of life is that it's not as perfect as sometimes you can present or sometimes it looks like from the outside. Um, uh, and and so, yeah, there definitely have been disappointments with, with people choosing to move on, um, so often for, for kind of good reasons, but there's an element where, especially for me, it's like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Like this, you know, we've, we've committed to here and this is what we're doing. And, you know, and in my head, we've all signed on the dotted line. Um, uh, but I guess the reality is, is life is a bit messier than that and things do change. Um, and I think my challenge is to, I guess, because I, I do have such a, vision of what community and life and following Jesus in this area looks like um, uh, that I have to I guess I'm trying to manage the difference between my vision and the reality and not get overwhelmed by the disappointment of the gap that's in between um, so I still have hope for the vision but not get overwhelmed by the disappointment when it that makes sense yeah happen. yeah and in your article, you make references to some biblical examples, you know, the deep friendship between David and Jonathan, the meeting daily committed community in Acts 2. I just wonder what you think about whether these examples in the Bible are somewhat exceptional. Um, are we setting ourselves up for disappointment with those? We're kind of trying to follow those examples. Or do you think... You know, I think you've used the word vision. Or you think they're a helpful um, standard to aim for in our relation, in our sort of friendships and churches, even uh, though we might not kind of achieve that depth or that commitment in in reality. Yeah, very good question. Um, as in, I don't think they're exceptional, but I think um, so. I think they can be 
achieved. Um, but I guess for, kind of from experience, there's a, I guess there's always, there's always a bit of a balance with it. And I think also it's all about, I often will have to think about what the motives of why I'm aiming for this or why I'm hoping for this. Um, uh, is it just to kind of try and fill a void or a lack um, of intimacy that I have? Um, uh, you know, is it is it a coping mechanism that I'm just using to try and limp along, or is it actually seeking something bigger and brighter? And um, and it's part of pursuing kind of Jesus and how to follow Him. Um, uh, yeah, but I, but I think I think it is something to hope for, especially the Acts two. Um, one of kind of uh, the the disciples and um, uh, eating together and sharing life together and that sort of thing. I think that's that's something that we should aim towards. And actually, I don't think our culture in England or even in church is set up to do this well. Um, and I think that's actually something that um, people that are single or have same-sex attraction can actually be a gift to the church in, in a sense of exploring how we do things differently um uh, i get the with regards to the jonathan the david one i think i have a different view on that now that i would have done 10 years ago um i guess 10 years ago maybe i said yeah of course you know go out and find that that person that you can have an you know a deep and intense um relationship with that that sounds really great and i think it does sound really great um but again um and i think i know people that have that sort of relationship and that is really great. Um, but I think one, they still need other people. So it's not as if you would find this Jonathan David relationship and then everything's um, all great. Um, uh, but also, I think it's also about looking about why are you seeking it? Are you, uh, you know, am I just seeking this because I'm kind of half trying to replace marriage because I can't get married? Um, um, and, and again, one person can never fulfill our desires, what we need anyway. Um, so, so I think that's probably, we're more likely to set ourselves up for failure um, seeking that one. Um, but I wouldn't say it's not achievable because I know people that um, have a, a one person that they are um, have a deep relationship with, but then those other people also have healthy other relationships as well. Mm, thank you. So it sounds like the kind of cultivating depth in friendship and committing yourself to a community work together well so you kind of don't put all your eggs in like this one person because that has all these pitfalls but um by i think one of your points is about you know um one person is not the answer it's so actually kind of investing yourself in a in a community helps to um build up a number of relationships which cushions yeah. the blow if someone that you're you know that you really value a deep relationship or friendship with does move on yeah as in as in life is messy and i think even even when you even if both parties intend to you know have a deep um and long-term kind of friendship um thick things change um and you know life happens doesn't it so i think mm. um you know but yeah, it is healthy to try and build friendships with different people of different ages and um, and I guess ones that are less transitory um, and more kind of uh, long term. 
Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and I guess along the way, there have been disappointments. People have moved on. And I think when these difficult, um, painful breaks um, happen and disappointments, there can be a temptation to kind of withdraw and to say, well, you know, I, I had all these hopes, but I've been disappointed. I'm just going to pull back and um, give up on that and, you know, do life on my own. I was just wondering if you've if you found whether the joys and blessings have outweighed the disappointments along the way in the long run. Um, good question. <laughs> I think that depends on what day you ask me. Um, uh, but if I sit and reflect and think about it, um, I would say yeah, absolutely the joys um, outweigh the disappointments. Um, it's still a journey, and there's still an element where. Um, uh, you know, I want to be on this journey with people, but definitely find the disappointments um, of of things quite hard. Um, but actually, if I kind of again reflect and look back, I can see the the blessings of of journeying with people um, and just the richness richness of that, and the fact that you know I didn't really know some of these people, but I chose to invest um, has brought a lot of fruit. Um, I think what I'm learning is that actually. Um, there can there can be a season for that, um, and that's still that's still okay. So so a, a season for friendship, I'm learning to be grateful for and valued. But actually, if it does change and kind of go away, sometimes um, my feeling about that friendship doesn't always have to be just sadness because it's gone. Um, I'm, I'm learning to be grateful for the time I had with that person. Um, and then I guess to to journey on with the people that are still in my life. Mm-hmm. That sounds like some good things that you've learned along the way there. So uh, your first kind of particular point that you make in your list of uh, advice in your article is to be present to, um, a bit like you've been talking about, be present with those who are presently in your community and friendship groups and not... Uh, perhaps to compare present friendships with the past or perhaps even you know burdening present friendships with great expectations for the future just appreciating um how they are now without having to compare with with past or future expectations yeah as and again i think a lot of what i'm learning is about balance um so i think it's easy to look back at um old friendships um, and kind of whitewash them a little bit and and just remember all the good points about it um, and forget all the kind of niggles and annoyances that you had with each other. Um, And then you look at your current friends and go, oh, you know, um, these aren't as good as as those ones or, you know, they're great in this area, but I find it really struggle, you know. um, And I think that's the nature of of, of, of friendship in the present is that, you know, there isn't going to be that perfect friend um, um, and I guess about expectations for future and burdening, um, it, it is a tricky line to walk um, because I think I think there should be um, a greater depth and of friendship um, with uh, with people. I think we live in such a transitory society that we you can just you can easily just cycle through different friends every few years and kind of walk alongside them for a bit but not actually kind of 
um, yeah, not actually journey well with them or journey deep with them um, because you know they you know they're going to be gone in a few years. And I guess as a single person, I can't bear the thought that you know every two years I've got a new, a new bunch of friends um, and there's no kind of stability there. Um, uh, but there is an element where if you're not when you start a friendship, not kind of like you know assuming um, that they're going to be your best friend forever and putting that kind of burden on them. Um, I guess you know not that I'm married or anything, but um, it's probably similar to, you know, going on a first date with someone and not assuming that they're going to be, um, you know, your married partner for life, that sort of expectation. Um, but I guess it's just about enjoying the friendship that you do have, but also deciding whether you want to invest and challenge that friendship more. And I think it's about having those conversations with those people being like, actually, I really enjoy this, this friendship with you. Um, uh, it would be great to get to know you more let you know um and i guess think about ways that you, you would like to go deeper with them um i guess for example uh for yeah what's an example um i guess i had a couple of male friends coming out of uni that i didn't want to lose um and i valued their kind of their faith and their spiritual input so we kind of committed to pray every Friday morning um, um, and that actually was a real blessing for me because I, I was a um, or am a doctor but was a junior doctor then and had different kind of shift patterns and couldn't often get to church um, and these two guys were really great at kind of just meeting around my shifts whether that was kind of before night shifts or in the middle of the day when you know I was around and things um, and that isn't happening now because people have moved on one of them is in New York um, and one of them has a very small child at the moment um, but for four or five years we committed to meet every week and pray together and I think that was a value for all of us um, but I think that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had conversations about what life looked like after university and, and when we all started working and doing different things. Thanks for that Tim that's uh, that sounds good in terms of being open to the expectation that you could find depth in friendships but not having to require that of every um of every friendship as it starts out one of the yeah, things um, that you mentioned in the article is about having pictures of housemates um up in your hallway and i just wondered if you thought there was a different quality of friendship that you that you get when you when you share you, you share accommodation with someone yeah i think there definitely can be or at least there's the opportunity to um uh, i think that um if you live with someone and, and i guess share life with them um, and see them on a regular basis um for a, a number of months number of years there's the opportunity to kind of form a different sort of friendship um uh with them um I guess on the flip side of that, um, if things just become normality and you don't kind of aren't intentional about things, you can just live alongside people and it uh, and it not have any kind of sense of depth or, or meaning. By having those Polaroid pictures of old housemates displayed in the hallways, it's almost like you're recognising well, people will move on. People people were here, and you're you're remembering them and enjoying sharing with them but that's kind of giving that recognition that that people um
come into our lives and then they they move on often and that's and, and you're kind of okay with that um but yeah I, also as you say just because someone is living with you and sharing a fridge and you're having that informal contact doesn't mean that it will automatically develop into some great deep friendship just living alongside someone can be fairly superficial unless you um, make it go deeper yeah and i think the um and actually some some of my good friends now i would not want to to, to live with at all i think that would probably be a detriment to our friendship i think we'd probably annoy each other too much if we were um <clears throat> if we were kind of yeah sharing the fridge and you know because we've all got different habits um but i guess it's about if you're living with someone there is the opportunity to um to have those kind of deeper moments and to start traditions and things um but also i think i've learned that actually not to put pressure on that to necessarily have to happen um i've had some uh, people because so i've got i live in a three-bedroom house as me i tried to have a kind of more longer term housemate um that is around for a number of years and then i have a third room that i kind of it, people just come and go it's kind of through the the christian mafia um in the sense of through the grapevine um uh, if people know of someone that needs a room for a few months um or a year or so they kind of ask ask me and then um someone appears and i guess i think the joy of finding that is that i don't have any expectation on that person but actually often they bring something um to the house um and it's been a real joy living with them for that time um and Again, I wouldn't say many of them I kind of have a, a regular friendship with, but when I see their photo, I remember the time that they've been in my house with kind of, um, yeah, with, with thanks and, and with joy that they kind of were part of my life for that for that time. Um, and it's a good, you know, and I'm fortunate enough to own a house so I can bless other people with a um, with a room, and I've um, and that's been really nice to do. Yeah, that sounds like a great thing. In your article, you've got nine particular points, and you say the point that you like the least is that seasons in friendships are normal. Um, some friendships can be just for a season. It can be natural for a friendship or even a community to run its course. And that reminded me of the passage in Acts 20 when Paul bids farewell to the Ephesian elders, clearly... Um, this church where he's invested so much and he feels God's call to move on and he tells them that he's never going to see them again and they they cry and they um, embrace him and I suppose coming to that acceptance that seasons are normal doesn't mean that they're not pain it's not painful when people move on and that it's you know that we we shouldn't feel um, that loss. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and this is yeah, this is something I still haven't quite come to terms with. <laughs> um, as in, I don't like the fact there are seasons. I think I mentioned the article. As in, I you know, my default would be to everyone that I meet and kind of form some any sort of connection with that you know they're going to be with me until I'm um, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred. You know, whenever I <laughs> leave this earth. Um, and, and kind of I want to walk with everyone um, and I think it has been painful to, to realize that that's um, not the case but I'm guessing I'm getting to the point where um, yeah that I find that it is okay and sometimes it's natural for 
people to move on or even for communities to change and move on. Um, and I guess like maybe with the, the, the axe thing, it's how do you mark that? How do you balance the sadness with, with I guess, marking it well um, and kind of remembering the goodness of that, but also kind of, um, I guess, acknowledging that it, it can be sad when, when people move on. Um, I guess an example in, in what community where I live, we, we, um, we, we call the, the place where we live the wood. Um, and so um, because of that, technically we are, we are woodlanders. Um, so, um, so when someone does leave, we, we do kind of have a, mar a little bit of a marking, not ceremony, but um, we, we carve you know, something in, into, into a piece of wood um, and kind of give it to them and, it kind of, and with the dates of kind of when they were part, part of it, just to kind of um, say thanks to them and acknowledge that they were, they were here and, and part of it um, for that period of time. Yeah, so that sounds like a really nice way of kind of celebrating the time that they had with you and maybe also helping those that remain to to let go and to bless them as they move on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I guess on, because yeah, recently quite a few, uh, well, a couple of kind of key um, people have moved on um, for kind of two different reasons. Um, and that that's tricky because I think it's, it's probably okay for a few people to kind of move on and change, but actually when some of the core core people, you kind of start to go, well, you know, is is what we're doing here not good anymore? Like, kind of, why is that? Why are people moving on? And it's not necessarily um, for bad reasons, but I guess it does lead me to reflect and realise actually we probably need to change as, as a community and as people as we kind of get on as and I guess... I moved in in my mid-20s and now I'm in my early 30s and actually life has changed for me and um, it looks different for me what 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 life is and how I want to lead it. Um, so I think w whenever COVID ends, um, um, there will be a, I think, a necessary re reflection and reshaping. Um, and I think I have, I've decided that I have to be open to the idea that actually are, it may change, it may stop. Um, it may continue, but I think we have to have that conversation um, to make sure it doesn't just limp along um, um, because, just because we want it to. Um, and I think sometimes in friendships, you kind of hold on to them because you're like, no, that they're my friend, I'm, I'm keeping them, rather than realising that actually um, things have changed and that's okay. Yeah. Could you just say something a little bit more about what you mean by things have changed for you and your perhaps your expectations or your needs moving from your 20s into your into your 30s I guess it's navigating um life when when I guess other people look like them they're, they're moving on in the sense of the, the 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 natural in averted commas steps of kind of of life of getting married and having kids um and uh uh, and that sort of thing. Um, I guess for me, as, as in I didn't think I will or get get married or and possibly not have kids and um, and how was I going to be part of or create a community um, that still allowed me to feel that sense of belonging. Um, I think in my 20s, I probably thought I had to control that and form that um, and it was me that needed to and to fight for for these relationships and friendships um 
and I guess my re reflection recently is actually um, I'm just part of this community. It's it's not in my it's not my personal responsibility. I have my own individual responsibility for it, but it's actually it's it's all of our responsibilities. In in friendship, it's yours and the other person's. In community, it's yours and the other people's. Um, and so to take off the pressure of oh, it's me that's got to hold this together. Um, I think a, a friend of mine shared on a on a group WhatsApp um, a little story. As in, I won't share the story because um, I'm not very good at telling stories. Um, but it it was basically the the summary of the story was that God had has bigger hands than we do, and I think I reflected on that being like I with my hands often desperately try to hold on to friendships and community and kind of have my hands and arms around it like straining and, and holding it in um to kind of keep it together um but one that's impossible for an individual to do um uh, because other people are involved and they have their own thoughts and ideas um and actually god has bigger hands than we do he's the one that will hold us um and he's the one that will give things to us and possibly sometimes take things away from us. Um, and kind of, I guess, me wrestling with that, that idea and thought of, um, I guess, trusting God more with it. Yeah, that sounds as, as you've kind of grown in your um, ability to trust God, it relieves the pressure on you to, as you say, kind of hold up all these friendships and hold the community together you you can increasingly trust that God will provide and if it doesn't um, if it doesn't come in the form of this particular friendship or this particular community then something else will emerge he'll meet your needs for connection with other people so that sounds like a bit of a relief that it's not all up to you yeah I think so yeah I, I'm, I'm naturally quite intense um, in friendship and proactive um, and I think that is a good thing. And I think um, I, I like that part of my character um, because I think it has brought fruit in the sense of the, the people that I am in connection with. Um, but, I, but I also realise that actually that is kind of taking control into my own hands and not trusting God. And so, yeah, re recent reflections have been like, actually, intentionality is good, um, but you also have to allow God to overall be in control um, and sometimes that means letting some things go um, and trusting him with it yeah sure a couple of last um, points before we finish Tim you talk about one person not being the answer and I just I know sometimes people talk about you know Jesus had his one best friend and then the three and then the the 12 I just wonder how many do you have a number of how many friendships in particular that you seek to cultivate at one time? Um, yeah, I, I don't have a particular number. Um, and I think that is because we're all also people are different as in people have different needs and different. Um, yeah, I, I guess some people may may need more friends than others are more connection and other people are actually more um okay with not um and i think there's an element where life also brings limitations you know um and joys as well so if, if you have a a family with lots of small children you, you don't have the time to have um uh kind of lots of other friends but actually i think it's more about you do need some it's the quality isn't it you need you need some quality of friends 
Um, I, I guess for me, it's valuable to have good friends that have known me for many, many years. So they've kind of seen me grown and journey with me, you know, so whether that's since childhood or university, you know, there's a few friendships that I value, um, but then may not see all the time. Um, I also think you need to have a couple of friendships that are with you in the day to day to kind of um, to know, you know, see you every week or so that you can actually just um, share life with on a day to day um, uh, way rather than um, someone that you may see every few months. Um, uh, so yeah, so yeah, I don't think there's a set number, um, but I think it's just having a number um, um, of good friends. Um, I'm probably more inclined um, to gather as many friends as I can, um, but I think sometimes that is, uh, you know, you kind of sometimes sacrifice quality for quantity. Um, um, I'm a, I, at university, well, I used to call myself a raging extrovert because I would love to spend time with people from, you know, 7 a.m. To, to midnight every day. Um, whereas now I'm definitely have more introverted qualities and realize I need to spend time with myself for a small number of people. Um, mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you mentioned, you know, friends from university or school. I know myself that sometimes I can look back on on those friendships which have been going on for years and um there's something unique about having been through those times together which when you're a bit older you don't have that perhaps intensity of time together and it's easy to become perhaps sentimental about oh you know that that was that they were my college years they were sort of um can't kind of recreate that but but then i sort of reflect well actually although i do value those friendships i've changed as a person and i've moved on and there's something about my current friendships where i'm known for who i am now that has a unique quality as well so i have to kind of nip that sentimentality in the in the bud and really you know going back to your point about being being present really focus my energies on friendships that are that are sort of particularly current yeah yeah absolutely and again you can um <clears throat> you can really just remember those kind of good and free free times um where you could kind of do what you want and you didn't have that much responsibility um and kind of want to be back there all the time and i think that there is a danger in that um i guess yeah for me the really important thing is to remember those friendships and to value them and to um be blessed that i had them um, but yeah, but not necessarily kind of feel like I've got to recreate those friendships with, with the ones that I have now. Because um, I think friendships come in all shapes and sizes. Just one last thing, I think I'm just always struck by the, especially in, in TFT, I think it's easy to think that this is just our issue. Um, it's just the issue of someone that's single or same-sex attracted, but actually this issue of friendship and community is is everyone's issue and um, the church and outside of the church and actually I think it's something that we can um, we can it's because often I feel like I and people in similar situations have thought about that a lot it's actually a gift that we can bring to the church it's a that we can speak into um, other people's lives so you know our availability um, our friendship um, can be can really be a gift to the to the people you know our friends and people in church absolutely 
So um, yeah, particularly those people who are kind of committed to singleness have a, maybe a particular passion and energy around cultivating friendship and community. And uh, that's something that we should see more of in our churches. And um, yeah, that we can, we can kind of challenge our church communities to do more of. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that seems a, a good point to um, wind up our conversation today, Tim. That's been so interesting, talking about um, friendship, community, the disappointments that come along the way, but some strategies to to deal with that, and um, and also just reflecting on on some of how you've grown over the years and um, kind of set your expectations um, in, in a more realistic way. Um, but continuing to be intentional about reaching out and and building relationships. So thank you very much for your time today, Tim. No worries. Thank you for um, having me on the podcast. Well, my thanks go to Tim for being willing to talk so openly about his experiences. I hope you found it helpful. Do have a look at the article on our website, which is called Dealing with Disappointment. So you've been listening to the Ascend Higher podcast. For more information and resources, do head to our website at truefreedomtrust.co.uk or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And thanks for listening and bye for now.